0: You're an awesome young man. I was just standing there looking at that picture and I was thinking how I could probably, possibly arrange my hair like that. So I'm going to work on it. And hopefully by the time we're out of this, uh, restrictions I'll have at that pointy head thing going on. Um, let's just pray. Father God, um, we come with expectant hearts right now uh, to hear your voice. Uh, To hear the good news of the gospel. Uh, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would touch our hearts, that you would help us to hear from you tonight. Uh, Lord, help us to uh, see Jesus, uh, to hear the words of God, to know the love of God. Father God, I pray that you would minister to the depths of our heart, uh, that we can know you more. Lord, bring glory to yourself in this message through me and we give you all the glory for what you have done and what you're going to do in Jesus name Amen over the last couple of months uh, we've been in a series called The Doubter's Guide to the Bible it's based on the book of the same name by renowned Australian writer speaker and academic John Dixon this book is a road map to navigating the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, from creation through to eternity. And right back at week one of the series, we heard that in the very beginning, a good God created a good world in which he placed good people to do good work so that they could live the good life. Everything was good. Good. So what's the good life that God was talking about? It means living harmoniously in community with our God and with others and with a, within the physical world in, what, in which God created for us. That was how things were meant to be. But we, know it, but we know it didn't stay that way. You see, Adam and Eve messed up and sin entered the world And as a result, we were separated from God because of our sin. Our reality became that of human beings being both fundamentally glorious and fundamentally wretched, deserving the judgment of God. So the book, The Doubt Has Got to the Bible, shows us how the whole Bible is an account of God's promises and their fulfillment to restore humanity to himself to one another and to creation. So we've arrived this week at chapter 8. We've just one week to go of the series. And this chapter of the book is entitled, The Wait is Over, Almost, Jesus and His Gospel. And the key verse for this chapter is this. Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So it is Jesus is about 30 years old and he's just starting his ministry in Galilee. He's proclaiming the good news of God and his message is this. The time has come. The wait is over. The time has come. The wait is over for what, you might ask. Well, let me ask you, what are you waiting for? I can hear some people are just saying, I'm just waiting for dinner tonight, or they're waiting for the football season to start. A lot of us are waiting for things to get back to normal, to be able to spend time with friends and family in person, to be able to meet together in large gatherings again, to be able to travel I'm waiting to be able to uh, go to gym classes. Uh, I, uh, the gym classes I enjoy with a full room of people. I'm waiting to be able to do Saturday morning park run with hundreds of people. I'd love to go to the movies with my son Ryan or to the footy with Isaac. I want to be able to travel for any reason I choose. I want to be able to stand next to someone within metres. I'm waiting for the roof work to finish here at Door of Hope and to be able to open up the conference centre again where I work. I especially can't wait to spend time with my mum and my older kids, Jess and Josh, in person, in Wollongong. I I see and speak with them regularly uh, but it's not the same. And, And I guess... I long to do that even more now because I actually can't at the moment. So, Mum, I know you're watching. Uh, I'm looking forward to being able to spend time with you. I can't wait to be able to meet all together again and see people face-to-face in church, at work, with friends and family, because I love to be with people. I can't wait to be able to shake hands, to high-five... And give my mates a hug, because that's one of my love languages. I can't wait to celebrate when I can do all of these things. I reckon there's going to be some parties, parties when we can get together again, when we can do some of these things all together. There's going to, there's going to be some dancing, I reckon, and some uh, lots of fun. You know, we can spend a lot of our life waiting for things to be different, wanting for our lives to be different and for life to be good again. Are you waiting? Are you wanting for life to be different? I've been there a lot of my life, I've actually spent wanting life to be different because life can be a struggle If you're in this space, you're waiting for life to be different. I want to tell you tonight the time has come. The wait is over. Almost. So let's let's have a look at the people who lived in the time and place of Jesus' story for a moment. What was their situation? What was the situation in which Jesus is bringing this message tonight? It's been about 400 years since the end of the Old Testament and many hundreds more since the good old days under the the rule of King David, and even more hundreds of years since the promised land days of Joshua. God has been promising right since the fall that he will restore mankind unto himself and that he will send a Messiah, a king above all kings, the son of God. But this has been a journey of, of thousands of years. And that's lots of waiting. And in that day, there doesn't seem to be a lot happening in the God space for people. There's always been the faithful who have been patiently waiting for the coming of the Messiah, but for others, the relationship with God has been somewhat distorted Under the spiritual leadership of the chief priests, the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law. The nation of Israel is in a time of oppression under Roman rule, and there is a lot of unrest in the land. And God seems distant, and God seems silent. People have lost their way, they've lost sight of God, and they've filled their lives with other things. It wasn't all bad. But it certainly wasn't all good, as God had intended. That's the situation in which Jesus came. Last week we heard that all the promises of God were fulfilled in this baby called Jesus. The story is fascinating like none other. There's a virgin birth, mangers, stars, angels, shepherds, visitors from the east... And it was said of this baby Jesus that he will save his people from their sins and that he is Emmanuel, God with us. What made the story even more fascinating is that this was actually foretold hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. And it was said of this baby who had done nothing yet to prove that he was the one. And so we fast forward about 30 years and Jesus is a grown-up. And he's just starting his earthly mission, his earthly ministry. And Mark in his gospel starts his account of Jesus' life by revealing his card straight up with the winning hand. Revealing the point of the story right in the very first sentence of his gospel. And this is what Mark said. The beginning of the good news about Jesus... The Messiah, the Son of God. Straight up, this is what it's all about. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Chosen One. He is the Anointed One. He is the Son of God. First sentence. In the Gospel of Luke, we read, Jesus went to Nazareth, I love this story, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll... Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him and he began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's a bit of a mic drop moment, I think. Jesus has just said this. He's just read this story about this promise of the Messiah and then he says today this, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing drop jesus is essentially saying "Tada! it's me i'm the one that the scriptures the promises the promise the prophecies were all talking about and he said it in a room full of people who knew how unbelievably extraordinary his statement was. The time has come, the wait is over, the Messiah, the anointed or chosen one, the one and only, the Son of God is here. The Apostle John wrote about it in a different way. He said this, in the beginning was the word, speaking about Jesus, And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was God with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, John... John's angle to this story is that that the God who was once far away has actually come down from heaven in flesh, in the person of Jesus, and he lived among us. He knows, God knows now, what it is like for us because he's actually been here. Jesus was called Emmanuel, God with us. Again, I want to say to you, the time has come, the wait is over... God is no longer distant. He is here with us. The Apostle Paul wrote wrote this about Jesus. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. I love this. Um, I love this passage. Um, It just rings um, so much for me. As we've gone through the the book of uh, the the Doubter's Guide to the Bible, outlining the Bible story from Genesis up to the point of Jesus' life, we've heard promises from God to his people over thousands of years, over a couple of thousand of years, about the restoration of mankind through the coming Messiah, the Son of God, born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born in Bethlehem raised in Nazareth etc etc we've heard all these promises and every single one of the promises was yes or fulfilled in the life of Christ and I can almost imagine that checklist with all the promises listed down the side and the name of Christ and for every one of those promises it's yes 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 it's yes in Christ Every single promise, every single promise is yes in Christ. And we see it right throughout the life of Christ, through his ministry, through his death and resurrection, and in the gift of the Holy Spirit, that every promise gets a yes from Jesus, gets a yes through Jesus, every promise. And if we're still unsure about that, take the word of all the writers of the New Testament, they testify that Jesus is the one who fulfilled all the promises. Some of them were with Jesus the whole of his ministry years. Well, I guess is that they would know if he was not who he said he was. They would have seen everything that Jesus did, they would have seen everything that Jesus heard, everything that Jesus said. But they testify that Jesus delivered on every promise. And such was their conviction, such was their experience and belief that Jesus was the one that most of them were even killed because of this belief. If you're still unsure after that, take the word of every Christian throughout the centuries since Jesus, including me. Every person who believed that Jesus was the Son of God and made him their Lord and Saviour, Millions and millions of Christians over 2,000 years across all nations testify that Jesus has changed their life. He is the one who ticked all the promises, he is the one that fulfilled all the promises. The time has come, the wait is over. The one we're waiting for is here. But there's more to Jesus' message. The time has come, Jesus said. The kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of God is not a physical place or a magical kingdom with a fancy castle. Jesus is not talking about a point in time. Neither is he talking about just heaven or the people of Israel or the church The kingdom of God is where God reigns. It's where we can be his people again and more than that, we can be his children. Where we can once again live the good life and enjoy the good God and do the good works he prepared in advance for us to do. I'm so glad that the kingdom of God has come near through the person of Jesus and because of all that he has done for me, because our God is no longer far away, because we no longer need to be separated from God because of our sin, and because God has delivered on his promise to restore humanity unto himself. So because Jesus ushered the kingdom of God, ushered in the kingdom of God, and because he took that judgment upon himself that should have been ours, because he paid the price of death in our place we can now experience forgiveness of sins in matthew it says she will this is um before jesus was even born it was said she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name jesus because he will save his people from their sins that's who jesus was he will save his people from their sins Again, in Peter it says, he, bore, he himself bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been healed. And again, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father, no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way maker. We could also have eternal life. In 1 John, we read, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. I love that. I love that. So that you may know that you have eternal life right now is this the good life that God intended for us to live right back in the beginning we also have a path to follow you know left to my own devices I'm not good Um, I shouldn't be left I might Um, I don't know what's best for me I am prone, don't, just, don't laugh at me because you are too, um, I'm prone to going the wrong way because at the heart of humanity we are all fundamentally wretched. But Jesus came and we now have a perfect example to follow in life. The writer of, writer of Hebrews calls him the author and perfecter of our faith. It makes sense, doesn't it? He made us, he wrote the manual, and he knows what's best for us. So he taught us how to live. And he taught us how to love. A new commandment, Jesus said, I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And not only did he teach us, he showed us how to love. He showed us about humanity. Humility. He showed us about being a servant. He showed us about forgiveness and grace and mercy. He showed us about relationships and prayer and managing our finances and so much more. He showed us how to live. And he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be great if Jesus had just stayed on earth with us? Um We could just reach out to him whenever we need him. Uh, Jesus, I've got a problem. Um, If Jesus had just stayed here on earth. The trouble with that is that Jesus, who was fully God and also fully human, was limited by his human body. Jesus the man could not be everywhere at the same time. And he could not exist for all time. he sent God the Holy Spirit in his place Jesus said is for, for your good that I am going away unless I go away the advocate talking about the Holy Spirit will not come to you but if I go I will send him to you that is the Holy Spirit we also read in the Bible that the Holy Spirit is called our helper our comforter the counselor it's the holy spirit who teaches us who reveals truth to us who intercedes for us and guides our prayers it's the holy spirit who convicts us of sins and directs us and empowers us to do the will of god and don't we just need that kind of help in our life when it says in ephesians when you believed in christ he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify him. You know, and best of all, the Holy Spirit lives in us, in each of us who believe 24 7. It's a 24-7 experience of God. So now we can live the good life with a good God, doing the good works that God prepared in advance for us, all with the power and help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's just return to our key verse again. The time has come, Jesus said. The kingdom of God has come near. Did you hear that? The kingdom of God has come near. Not the kingdom of God is here. The title of tonight's sermon is, The Wait is Over. Almost. I really want you to hear these words tonight. There is more to come. There is more to come I want you to hear those words can you hear those words there is more to come so much more the Bible teaches us that what we're experiencing right now in the kingdom is not all that there is for us one day Jesus will return and he'll take us to be with him and we will be with God and we'll see him face to face this is when we'll experience the kingdom of God in its fullness Yes, we are a part of the kingdom of God now. Yes, we are saved and sin and death have been defeated. Yes, we can experience God's forgiveness and his healing and his peace now. Yes, we can live the good life and enjoy the good God now. But we still live in a fragile and uncertain world, don't we? Sin, pain, sickness, death, loss, brokenness evil and deadly viruses still exist we live in a fragile and uncertain world what we have now of the kingdom of god is just a taste it's just a glimpse of all that is to come i like how john dixon describes it in his book it's like this what we have now is like the preview before the release of the blockbuster This is just the preview. The blockbuster's still to come. And the Holy Spirit is our deposit or the first fruits guaranteeing what is to come. Some biblical scholars talk about this in terms of the now and not yet. We have the kingdom of God now, but there's still a not yet. We have hope we have a godly confidence now because we experience the kingdom of God now. But also because we look forward to the fullness of the kingdom of God when Christ returns. We have hope because we look forward to what we read in, the, in Revelation where it says, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. That's what we look forward to. But more about that next week. So as I come to, to the end of this message... I want to bring us back to the key verse again, just one more time. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus knew that his message required a response. It's one thing to meet Jesus, the Messiah, the one who fulfilled all the promises of God. He is the one who restored humanity back to God. But what you do with that information is another thing altogether. Jesus included an invitation with his message. Again, the time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe when Jesus asks us to repent and believe it's an active response to repent means to change our mind or to turn our lives around I like to think of it like this that we're driving along in our lives and we realise that we're going the wrong way repentance is actually turning around and choosing to go the right way the word that Jesus used for belief here is not just thinking that something is true. It's actually an active trust or faith where we put our life behind our belief. Only two verses later in that same chapter of Mark, we read about Jesus meeting the first of the disciples. And he has the same message for them, except he uses the words, come follow me. Repent and believe means to choose to follow Jesus. Choose to go his way. Choose to actively trust in him. So the same invitation is for you tonight. The time has come the kingdom of God has come near you. Repent and believe the good news. So what are you waiting for? Are you waiting, wanting life to be different? Are you far away from God? Have you lost sight of God? Have you lost your way? Are you broken? Are you weary? Are you overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Or your life. Well, hear the good news of Jesus tonight. The time has come, the wait is over. The kingdom of God has come near for us. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus, the Messiah, has come. All the promises of God are yes in Him. And He is promising you tonight forgiveness, eternal life a path to follow, the Holy Spirit living in you. He promises peace, love, hope, comfort, rest, and strength. He promises that he will always be with us. He promises to hear and answer all our prayers and to be a refuge in times of trouble. And he promises to return and take us to be with him. And we will be in the presence of God for all eternity. The best is still to come. I and so many here want to tell you tonight that Jesus delivers on his promises 100%. And they're available to all of us, to every one of us. Can I be so bold as to say, What are you waiting for? The time has come to respond. For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. So will you repent and believe the good news? I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond right now. I'm going to pray for you. And if you would like to respond i particularly like to pray for you. So let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you that all of your promises were filled in Jesus. We thank you that we can experience and be a part of the kingdom of God right now, but that we have so much more still to come we thank you God because you've restored us back to yourself and that once again we can live the good life with a good God and do the good works that you had prepared for us in advance to do all with the power and help of the Holy Spirit all because of what Jesus did and for those who are considering this message for those who need to repent and believe to turn from their wrong way And follow jesus holy spirit we ask that you would touch their hearts right now that you would reveal the truth about jesus to them in jesus name amen if you're choosing to respond tonight i want to tell you that scripture says this that if you declare with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that that god raised him from the dead you will be saved it also says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved if this is you will you join with me in this prayer whether it is out loud or in your hearts will you pray with me dear Lord Jesus I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. I receive you now in Jesus' name. Amen.